Hey everybody and welcome back to the Board Game Mechanics. I'm Katie and with me as always is... Hey guys, what's going on? It is... Jason. How are you going to draw that out, man? <laughs> I don't know. We'll see what, we'll see what next week brings to. <laughs> it's one minute of Jason saying the word is... Oh man... It's only midweek at the time of the recording, and I'm already tired. I'm ready for the weekends. Um, so hopefully when you're listening to this, it is the weekend, and you are enjoying um, the beginning of summer for real. Uh, since our since our last podcast dropped, Jason got his hair cut. No more quarantine hair. Yeah, I know everybody's sad, but we, we just have to deal with it, guys, because <laughs> it was getting rough. So if you watched any recent videos, you might notice that he no longer looks like a homeless man with a crazy mullet. Yeah, I mean, now it just looks like a, a, a weird-looking dude with short hair instead of a crazy troll from another bridge. I think you look cute, babe. Oh, that's sweet. <laughs> All right. I don't have a bunch of banter because I am so tired. So, so very tired. Do you have anything that you want to want to say for the, for the lulls? Uh, I, I'm pretty lolly, but yeah, I'm not feeling very lols today, but you don't, yeah. you don't even know what that means, do you? LOL. I got it. Okay. I just checking. I'm hip. I'm down with the lingity. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Boomer. Listen, Karen. <gasps> you did not. <laughs> you just called me a boomer. That's the least that I can call you back. Uh, no, no. You take that back. <laughs> But it's going to be a, a very one-sided episode because I'm going to give you a silent treatment. All right, I'll take it back. You're not a Karen. I said I take it back. Stop. There's not enough graveling. <laughs> I'm sorry for calling you a Karen. All right. Um, in, in news, I'm actually taking uh, audition tapes for a new co-host. So if anyone yeah. out there is wants to be uh, on the Board Game Mechanics, that'd be awesome. No one wants to be on this podcast. <laughs> I know. It's only pretty okay. <laughs> All right. So let's move on to our new segment since we're both out of banter. Do you have any news? I do not have any news. I think life has enough news going on right now. So yeah. we'll just let that roll. Yeah. There's a lot of real news. Um, a lot of hard news. A lot of sad news, um, and I I don't think I I'm fully recovered enough to process any other kind of board game news. So let's move on to your favorite segment. Yay! All right, so let's talk about some games that we played, and we actually played more than one game together this time, and we more did. than more than just Clank Legacy, which is also nice. <laughs> Which we're getting to the end of, so we'll have more games next as, in the future. That's true. We will. We have like three more games left, I think, and maybe both campaigns together. Something like that. Three or four. So the first game I wanted to talk about, we played. It was me, you, and Brandon and Josie. And this is a game that's going to be hitting Kickstarter, I think, next week. Maybe. They keep pushing the date back. So as of right now, it's July, June 9th. So, in this game is called The Whatnot Cabinet from Dr. Finn and Pencil First Games. And this is a cool little drafting and set collection game where you're trying to get these different types of tchotchkes or things to display in a cabinet. 
in your cabinet in either by colors or by certain types because you got to have colors and certain types. Uh, there's a little more to it than that, but I'll let you talk about it a little bit if you want to. Uh, yeah, it's like a fun little set collection game, and you're trying to organize um, your the different types of things and the different colors of things that you get in certain ways to maximize your points. Um, and it's kind of done through like a really cool mechanic where you choose um, what you want to do, and then usually the better the the action that you take, the further down on the turn, the turn cycle. What what's that called? Uh, what am I looking for? It's the player action. Turn order. Turn order. Yeah, turn order. Yes, yeah, yeah. The further down in the turn order for the next round that you are. Um, but it's just a quick little filler game, and uh, I think the artwork's pretty. So it, yeah, it wasn't too bad. Yeah, so I did a video for this. It'll be coming out when the Kickstarter ever goes live because it's on embargo until then. So if you want to see more about it and actually see how it plays, you can check that out. It's standard Dr. Finn Fair. He makes a lot of like family weight games that are really easy to play. This rule book was a little funky, but maybe I was just trying to rush through it and it really wasn't as bad as I thought. But <laughs> once you get through that and you learn how to play it, it's a pretty enjoyable 20 minute game. And you play six rounds, which is six turns. You're collecting 12 tiles, and then the game's over. So that is the Whatnot Cabinet. Yeah, the next game on the list, I did not play with you yet, and I was going to, but you had it all set up for a video, so I guess... And and it seemed like you were still trying to figure out how to play this game. So uh, why don't you talk about Tapestry? No, I know how to play it. I'm, I'm good. I played yeah. three games of it solo, well, two-handed solo, and I actually played one game with Brandon, so I played it four times. So I, I feel pretty good with this one, but... What Tapestry is, it had a ton of hype last year when it came out. Uh, it's a game from Stonemeyer. It was marked as a civilization game, and I think some people got angry that it's really just a Euro game and moving cubes on tracks with no civilization, so they got mad at it. But this is a fun game. It's very Euro-y. Um, on your turn, you're either going to move your little cube on one of the four tracks, which is going to be military, um, tech, exploration, and science. And based on where your cube moves into, it's going to let you do an action. So military is going to let you conquer more area on the map to grow your civilization. Exploration is going to let you put more tiles down so you have more places to conquer. Um, tech is going to give you some inventions that you can upgrade to get better um, like one-time bonuses throughout the game. And science is going to let you move up on all three of the other tracks, which is interesting. But yeah, science basically manipulates all three of the other tracks. And what you're trying to do in this is you are trying to... Um, well, have the most points, but you're playing over five eras, and in each era, you're going to be playing these tapestry cards down onto your board, which are going to give you either a one-time ability when you play it, or an ability that takes place in that whole era. So you have a couple, you can either take that move in a tracks turn, or you can take an income turn. So you're kind of deciding how, when you want to do income turns, because after your fifth income turn, your game is over. So you don't want to be so far you know, be done with your fifth income turn when your opponents are still on their second era. Or you're going to be waiting for a long time. So you're trying to balance what you're doing, when to take which income turns and, and all that. And there's also some arbitrary minis that are shaped like buildings that you're going to be putting on this board. Not necessary, but they do look nice. I will say that they look really nice. So if you like Euro games with some superfluous minis, then tapestry is your jam. And we will also be having a video of this on our YouTube channel here shortly. And finally, we broke out like one of our old favorites, 
in the really ugly boxes. And we played The Voyages of Marco Polo. Um, I think this is in my top five, if not it's in my top ten for sure. What about you? Yeah, this is definitely in my top ten, I'm pretty sure. I'd have to look at my list, but uh, it's it's up there. If it's not in the top ten, it's in the top 20. I like this game quite a bit. And we don't have fancy Marco Polo 2. We don't have the expansion. We just have the regular one. <laughs> and it's still good, okay, people? So step off. Yeah, I don't know what Marco Polo 2 is like at all. Um, and I don't know. I think the expansion, I don't know, as a fifth player or something. Yeah, which I would never play. Like, playing this at four was awful. I would never play this at five. Yeah, so we'd like to play it at two, for sure, um, which is what we did. And, you know, it's got those player powers that are, like, each one seems, like, really ridiculously awesome, no matter which one you pick. Um, And for, so what you're doing is you've got these dice that are your color, and you roll them beginning of your turn. You're then going to use those dice to take actions. You're going to place them on getting kinds of goods, getting contracts to fulfill, to move throughout like Asia and um, leave little territory markers behind. Um, Yeah, those are all actions you can do. (laughs) Yeah, did you say complete contracts? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, So then, yeah, a lot of that. You're using your dice to then get the things to complete the contracts that you are also using dice to get. Um, so then there, there can be some really great like chaining elements where you're completing a t- contract to get more money that allow you to do something else or getting more f- goods to complete another contract. Um, I, I You've got some in-game goals that will give you some good points. There's ways to score points during the game. Um Usually when we play this game, it looks like Jason is winning like the entire time. Exactly what um, it looked like last night. Yeah. Until we do final scoring and then I'll beat him. <laughs> yeah, I didn't complete. So there's these hidden routes, these hidden goals where you're trying to get to four different cities when you're traveling around the map. And I only got to three. So that lost me some points. And Katie got to all four of hers. And Katie completed more contracts than me, so that also uh, gives you a pile of points too. That's like yeah, stinks. that's like a thirty point swing there for me. So yeah, it, it was rough, but you only won by like sixteen points, which isn't as awful as it happens to me sometimes. That's true. That's true. You played pretty good. I was getting a little nervous there. I was like, "Ooh, I gotta just hope that I can squeak out some of these end of game points so that I can pull ahead." But yeah, I mean. I made some boneheaded moves traveling around the map. Like I went the expensive way a couple times when I needed to go to a city right at the beginning and I missed it because I didn't look at my card or see what the city was. And that really did me in. Yeah. And for me, like when I play games like that, I look at the end game goals and then that's what I plan all of my movements around um, during the game. So yeah, I'm trying to like do other things, but I'm like, okay, how are those things going to further my end game goal? And so I, I had, I really, the, the cities I had to get into were really pretty far all the way across the map. Um, but I, so I tried to even pick, you know, my initial um, player power based on what I thought might be able to help me kind of complete those contracts. So, or complete, complete those in-game goals. So yeah, it, it was, it was fun and we haven't played it for a long time and I missed it. And I love like the little lumpy camels and spices and silk and all those fun little things to play with. So that was Voyage Marco Polo. It was a good one. Yep. Still great. Will always be great no matter how many Marco Polo new versions come out. <laughs> I mean, I'd like to try the other ones. We just don't happen to have them. And if the second one isn't that much different than the original, I don't know why we'd want to get it. Yeah, I, I, I think it's different enough, but 
not enough that I need I need it. So let's talk about our main feature tonight. And our main feature tonight is is maybe a little bit of a sensitive subject. Um, I actually saw a documentary kind of related to this, I think on Netflix called Losers. And so Aww, that, it's about me. <laughs> but it's also about me tonight because we want to talk about games that we really do like, we love, we enjoy playing, but we just can't win for whatever reason. And for me, there are different reasons um, for the reason why I always lose at each of these games. Yeah, so for me, I really could have just put any game down because I like most games and lose at almost all of them. But I tried to pick ones that I like get creamed at, and I don't think I've ever won except maybe like once. So that that's how I kind of picked mine. And really, you don't lose at all games because the three games I picked, I know you have won before or that's on true. a regular basis. Yeah, yeah. Hey, one hey, of hey don't I, give it away. One of, <laughs> one of your games I, I can dominate at. Two, two of them you won a good amount. That's true. That's true. All right, so my first game that I really love, and I do love this game, and part of the reason why I love this game even more now is because my favorite member of the Riveted, I get you two weeks in a row, Brent, is Brent, <laughs> who 3D printed me um, organizers for the Castles of Mad King Ludwig. I stinking love this game. I love it because um, you're building a castle, which is, like, so fun. I love it because it's got all these really cool room names and different types of rooms, and they're really interesting. And I love that you've got a master builder that decides in each turn, like, how much each room is going to be worth, where do you price them, and then you get to collect the money from your fellow teammates. Um, so I clearly love Castles of Mad King Ludwig. And the problem is I love it in theme so much that I always lose um, <laughs> because I'm like, Ooh, I want my castle. I always have to have a downstairs in my castle. That's like one of the first things I want to do. And everyone knows that I want to do that. So they make the downstairs rooms really expensive, but I'm like, Oh man, I need the bottomless pit. That's so cool. And I want the Venus grotto and I want to have a secret layer. I mean, a secret layer who doesn't want a secret layer in their castle. And so I just get really caught up in all these fun things that I think should be, be in my castle and you know I'm like ooh, like oh i want to get all the rooms that have a color is that a goal heck no but i still want it you know like i just i i just can't help myself so then i realized later oh you haven't been paying attention to scoring you really should have picked that building because it actually would have done more for you you haven't met any of your in-game goals because you've been too busy building your underground secret lair and thus I always <laughs> the bottomless pit. Game. Yeah, you always get stuck with the downstairs rooms. Yep, every single time. Because they're so cool. They have like the coolest names, like the fungus room and the mold room, and you know, the, you, everyone needs like a dungeon, but it's not just a dungeon. You know, it's like a pit of despair. Like that's what a real castle needs. I mean, come on, it's just so cool. And generally, that's not you know the the scoring criteria. <laughs> and downstairs rooms. You know, only score really well if you have more upstairs rooms that can feed off of them. And I frankly don't. <laughs> so Castle Mad King Ludwig, I love, love, love that game. Love to play it. We'll play it anytime with anyone. But I will always lose. <laughs> yeah, I like this game. It is really good. Now that we have an insert, I'm willing to play it more often. 
And I actually do win this occasionally. Not a lot because, I mean, come on, it is still me. But I do win this game sometimes. All right, so the game I want to talk about uh, is mostly on here because we play it a lot. And that makes me like it more because we play it more. And it's Grand Austria Hotel. So this is one that I only want to play at two players. Um, we now have some fancy little food shapes for it oh, yeah. that we got off Ep- Etsy that we haven't played with yet. I know. I'm so excited to play with them. Yeah. and But even without that, it's still fine. It's cubes, whatever, so on and so forth. But it's still a good game. So in this game, we've done it, we've done it live, uh, which is actually the one time that I've beaten Katie. And I had to bring it up so now she's going to be mad. But I have to. I am so mad. <laughs> but this is a dice drafting game where you're going to draft a die and depending on the die that you draft you're going to be able to open some rooms in your hotel you're going to get food to put onto your guests you're going to be able to earn money you're going to earn favor with the pharaoh or emperor emperor not pharaoh we're not in egypt um and you're just going to take different actions based on the die that you take it's uh, a six round game you get two turns in each round so you have 12 turns to do a whole bunch of stuff not enough time to do it not enough factions to do it in, and that's the kind of game that I like. But I lose this all the time, even despite that. It's a great game. Sometimes I lose by like a hundred points because I am awful at this game. But I do love it, and I know you love it too. And I'll let you talk about how awesome you are and how bad I suck. I am really awesome at this game, and I'm so ticked off that I lost that one time on live stream because, like, you and Joel both talk about how like ridiculously good I am at this game and then we play it in front of everyone and then it looks like I can't win and I was I'm still bad my pride is still hurting about that but this game is so great and I I also can't figure out why you're you you do so badly at it like I've watched you play and I'm like well you're sort of doing that but then you forget about stuff and then you leave stuff alone and I'm like you you gotta balance it all like what are you doing yeah I guess the the reason I'm good at this game, I think, is because I'm really good at multitasking. And you've got to be keeping, you got to, this is a game that you really want to keep all your parts in motion. And you want to make sure you can get, um, you know, employees that help you like do something else to help you fill rooms and ro- fill rooms that help you get uh, more guests and guests that help you get, you know, um more stuff in the prestige track or whatever. Like you just really need to get all those pieces working together to get kind of an engine going in order to be really successful at this game. And I've had some really, really high scores when all those things really synergize together. So yeah, I, I really, I love to play this and you have lost really badly a couple times, like to the point where I would be demoralized and never want to play this game again, but you just keep coming back for more torture. Um, and I can't wait to play it again because we've got these awesome shaped meeples. Okay, they're not meeples, but they're like like streusel t- shaped like streusel and cake shaped like cake yeah. and little wine bottles. And oh my gosh, you know how I love the components, guys. I can't wait to play this again. Yeah, and like I've said before, so many times, it's about the journey, not the destination. Because if that was the case, I would hate every game. So <laughs> I just have fun <laughs> playing no matter what happens. If I win, I win. If I lose, eh, I still had fun playing. All right, so the next game that I, I don't, I maybe have won this one time. I just, maybe. Um, and that game is Century Spice Road. This game is so great. Um, one of the first games that we, we like jumped on it and bought it at Origins when it first came out. And it was kind of like a low liar. Like when we first got there, like not a lot of people were buying it. Um, not a lot of people were playing it. We got into demo it right away. And then it just really took off and has really become one of the essential games 
I think that everyone should have in their collection. And it's it's not just that the game is good, it's the components are good. Like you get these little bowls and you got these really interesting colored cubes that I really like. Um, and then they got metal coins. I mean, I, metal coins should be standard in any game, really, because just the feel of them, ah, it just really elevates it. And I love the tarot sides cards. Like this game, yes, mechanically has something that I love, but I just for me, it's like so, such a tactile experience. That's another reason why I love it. I love to get my hands on this game. Um, but I also love that it's it's really simplistic. You have a handful of cards and you can buy more, um, but you're just taking cubes and trading cubes to make different kinds of cubes to fulfill contracts for cubes to get points like like that's that's it. But that's what I love is that there's so many really interesting decisions and you're kind of, you know, weighing what should I upgrade? What cube should I keep? You know, should I buy that card? Should I rest and get all my cards back? Um, that apparently I'm terrible at those decisions because I'll just like get into like a trading cube vortex. And um, I, I, I just, I just can't win this game, but I will always love to play it because I think it's a great game to introduce people to the hobby, which we have done many times over, but also it's, it's, um, complex enough and has enough depth that, you know, people like us who play games all the time still are really engaged. Oh yeah. I agree with everything that you said. And I actually do win this game. This is one of the few games that I can win. I don't know why, but I can win this game. Um, I think it's because you have like a better like tactical, like analytical mind. Like I'm kind of big picture. Um, and so I, I just kind of like, oh, yeah, overall, I want to get points. And so I, I'm not really good at seeing how like what's what's the best optimization of my my different colored cubes. Like I just I just can't I just don't think like that. And you you have much more analytical brain than me. Yeah, I, this yeah this game I can just see the conversions a little better for some reason, and I I probably said this story before, but there's one game where I bought two cards, and I actually ended up winning the game because I was I just, so mad. Yeah, I just kept using the same cards that I had over and over, picking them up, reusing them again and again, and I was completing everything because I had the engine that I needed and it was working pretty well. But yeah, I love this game; it's really good. Oh, I just can't win it. <laughs> You'll get there. You'll get there. Ah, uh, yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> It's okay. You have all these other games that I'm about to talk to that you can beat me, <laughs> beat me about. So, um, and that was a terrible sentence. You have all yep. these other games that I'm about to talk about that you can beat me at. There we go. That's better. That's better. All right. So the next game I want to talk about is a Martin Wallace game. So you guys should already know what game I'm going to talk about. Brass. Because Katie hates brass, so it's not brass. <laughs> the one that we like to play together, two-player, London, first edition. So this is a... Martin Wallace's take on engine building and where you're playing these cards down in your city in front of you and you're, and at some point in the game, you're going to run your city. So based on how many cards are in your city or town, I'm not sure what they call it, but in the tableau in front of you, based on how many cards are there, you're going to produce some poverty. And then some of the cards are going to reduce your poverty. Some are going to give you extra. Some are going to give you cash. Some are going to do some other things. And what you're trying to do is you're just trying to be the most efficient at running your city, building out these um, little locations on the map to help minimize the poverty that you produce when you run. And you're just trying to have the most points at the end of the game. 
The reason I think I lose this is I, well, one, I'm just terrible at games. But the real reason I think is I can't manage my poverty correctly. So there are a lot of instances where I'll have like negative 30 points in poverty, and that's just not going to win you a game. So the poverty is my problem in this game. But I do love it. It's very fun. I just stink at it. Yeah, um, I also really love this game. It is completely hideous for sure. Um, but I, I, I love the idea. It's of really, it's an engine that you're running. And so you're leveraging what you're going to get versus the poverty you're going to generate. So you're always trying to fill your city. Um, you know, you're willing yourself to get rid of your cards that you know oh yeah it'd be great but it's just not going to pay off for me in the long run and yeah your your basic strategy seems to be to run your city as many times as possible um which sort of works except that you're just then generating a crazy amount of poverty (laughs) so um yeah this game is just it's so good because i do love a good engine builder and a good tableau builder and and that's definitely what london is it's so great yeah i keep saying that i'm going to try a different strategy but i know i'm not so i don't know why i'm going to say that i am i'm just going to keep growing my city to 19 cards and then i'll run it 50 times and i'll have 50 points that i lose in poverty that's just what i do It's yeah, it's a little ridiculous. I'm like, it, it. You almost run it like it's a push your luck. Like, how far can I just really run the city into the ground and see what's gonna happen? Like, it can be salvaged still, right? And I'm like, no, it can't. Risk versus reward. Watch out. <laughs> yep. All right, and the last game that I want to talk about that I really love this game. It is definitely, I think it's in my top five games for sure. Top five games of all time. Um, and I, I want it. The last time I played it, and I think that was the first time I ever won. Yeah, and it was on a live stream. It was on a live stream. I was vindicated in a live stream, <laughs> and that game is Merlin. Um, you know, classic Feld. It's just got this rondelle, which is a really cool mechanism. Someone in the Riveted doesn't like this, and I think you're crazy. You just need to play it with me, because you'll win. I won't mention any names, but I think his name's Scott. Scott, you need to play it with me, and you'll win, and then you'll feel really great about the game. <laughs> um, I also love with the Arthur expansion, uh, just taking your the dice for each particular, um, you know, pawn that's out on the board and deciding, deciding like, okay, what am I going to get if I move here? Which one should I move first? What's going to help me fight off the invaders? What's going to help give me points? What's going to help, you know, give me influence? Um I have lost this game most of the time because I hate area control and there's this added on area control board that annoys the bejesus out of me. I don't like it. I don't like it at all. Um, And generally I don't have like, as I'm playing, I just am not hitting the right things that are, that are going to help me utilize that board. So I kind of ignore it Um, because I like to, like I was talking about in Marco Polo, I like to look at like in-game goal cards. And so you you have these goal cards that cycle through your hand. And so I get really focused on completing those because that's how I like to play. Um, But that is not really a good use of your resources and time in Merlin because they don't really pay out a bunch of points. Um, And actually, we had a friend who decided that he was going to play that way and, and just go through a bunch of cards and complete as many as he could. And I don't think he won. No, because the points just don't add up. You can complete one card per turn. You take, I, I don't know, 
like 25 turns. So if you get two points each card, that's 50 points. You're not going to win like that. It's just not possible. Yeah. And and so I I think I finally was like, okay, you got to let this go and use something else and do a couple different things. And so since I freed up some of my um, like worker placement from completing cards and I, I had some more bandwidth to, to look at the area control, unlike what I usually do. And so I think that that's helped me. Maybe I may win more in the future. Now that I've taught myself that lesson, because I can be taught, but uh, who knows? Yeah, I, I really like the Arthur expansion because I like collecting those picks or picked. I don't know how you say it, but yeah, those little extra tiles that give you the bonus and then you're trying to have the most of it to get some extra points. I just think that's a fun thing. It's it's kind of like a set collection thing for me, and I really like that. So that addition is nice, and I'll probably never play without that because it's awesome. Yeah, Merlin's great. Um, yeah, now that you know how to win, you'll probably beat me every time, so I'm going to like it less now. <laughs> I know how to win. It's not that. I think there's different ways to win. One of the ways is just not completing cards. That's true. That is true. All right, so moving on from Merlin, my last one that I want to talk about is a game that I like a little bit. It's in my top 100. It may be in my top one. <laughs> and that game is called Coimbra. So, spoiler, it is in my top one. Um, so, Coimbra, we play this a lot too. Two-player as well. Um, I've actually played it a decent amount at three and four. But I like it better at two because you get those little dummy dice in there. And it's just faster in general. So, this is a dice drafting and placement game kind of where you're taking a die you're going to place it in an area based on the color of the die it's going to let you buy a card and then based on that color of the die it's going to let you score income from a track in a different phase of the game there's more to it but that's kind of the gist uh, and you're also moving around this little board based on some of the dice that you pick and when you stop at certain spaces you're going to get bonus bonuses and bonus points so on and so forth uh, so yeah katie spanks me at this one every single time I think I I may have won once. I think I've won one time, ever. I I like I never win this game ever. Absolutely never. But I think I have one win against you, and it might have been a fluke. Maybe I was teaching you or something. <laughs> and but ever since then, it's just all downhill. But again, I enjoy the journey, not the destination. So the game that I lose at probably more than all these other ones is Coimbra. I don't. I mean, Grand Austria is, is probably at about the same here. And I think <laughs> that's it's because, true. That's true. I think it's because I approach both games the same way. And well, that's not necessarily true. I actually approach this one more like London to where I'm, I'm building my engine. And I think in Love Coimbra, this is my maybe my number two game of all time um, since Grand Austria is my first. Uh, Coimbra, there's just a lot going on. And I really love and thrive on games that have a lot going on. And I think I really make this game work for me because I'm not outright, especially at the beginning, I'm kind of slow balling it because I'm picking up cards that will produce something for me on every turn. And then I'm picking cards that play into that. So there may be some tracks that I might not be picking cards in that color, but then I'm going to try to find other cards that start an engine that get me stuff in that color or help me move around the board instead of picking movement. Like, um, it's just such a good game. Like it's so good. And the artwork is cool. Um, I just, I love this game. And yeah, I also I, love this game cause I whoop your butt at it. So I think time. that somehow, I don't know how you do this, but every game we play, it'll be like, I'm taking my turn. Takes me 27 seconds. It gets to your turn. 
you have like 12 minutes of stuff that you're doing on your turn. Like, I, I don't understand how you get to do that every time. Like, I would, I need to figure out the way to have that much stuff going on in my turn. I think that would help. I just don't know how to do it. So instead, I take the little 12 second turn and then I sit there for five minutes because you're taking your, your good turn that's going to give you points. <laughs> I have told you how to do it. You have to prioritize the cards that give you something every time. It's not the cards that immediately pay out. And I actually don't do a lot of in-game cards on this, which I think I think I lost when we played with you and me and Brandon. You no, did, yeah. I, you did. It, because he had these in-game he had a lot more in-game cards than me. And so I've got to still try to work on that balance. Um but it's you get caught up in the movement track or something. Yeah, I, well, and I think my problem is I like the stuff that gives me stuff now. So whenever we're playing a game, I like to get the stuff now. So you have like a delayed the, gratification problem. Yeah, yeah. I like the, I like the points now. I like moving on the track now. I don't want to wait till the end of the game an hour from now. I want my points now. So I think I need to shift that focus in games. I just I'm not going to do it. So I don't know why I'm talking about it. I want to keep playing the same way. I want to keep losing because that's the way I like to play. All right, as long as you admit that, because I'm going to keep playing the way I play, and you could easily <laughs> play that way, and you could beat me out to some of those I, cards if you wanted to, but you don't. I could, but I'm not going to. <laughs> There's this little thing called change that I don't like to do. <gasps> no, Jason. <laughs> so, so, so changing the way I play a game is not going to happen at all. <laughs> all right, so... Those are the games that we just love, but we always lose. So I always lose at Castle Mac and Ludwig, Century Spice Road, and Merlin. And I lose at every game, but these three specifically are Grand Austria Hotel, London, and Coimbra. So what about you? What do you? What games do you love, but you just lose at? Because most of the times, if I lose at a game a lot, I'm like, I'm over this game. I never want to play it again. Forget it. Um, but there are just some games that they're so good, even if I can't win, I keep coming back to it. So what games are that for you? Tell us on Facebook. Join the Riveted. Send us a DM. Com- tweet us. Go to Instagram. Comment on our Instagram. We want to hear from you because we love you guys. The Riveted is the most awesome group of people I've had the luxury of running into online. And in light of all... The BS is going down online right now. It's so nice to have um, a group of people that are really supportive, that want to talk about board games, that want to be positive um, and encouraging. And so uh, thank you guys for that so much. It really is a blessing to me um, when dealing with a lot of other crap online. <laughs> yeah, that's true. It is nice that I know when I get a message from the Riveted group, it's going to be about board games. And I like that. It's a nice little like beacon of, or ray of light in dark times. I like it. All right, guys. I think that's it for us tonight. I've been Katie. And I'm Jason. Keep gaming, everybody. Keep gaming. Keep gaming.